In the lab this week, we've been discussing the anatomy of eyes, and I fancied continuing that theme with the podcast today by chatting about a system fundamental to keeping a healthy eye. It is also a system that humans use to express moments of extreme emotion, whether that be sadness or even joy. That system is, of course, the lacrimal or tear gland and its drainage apparatus. But what is it? Why do we need it? And what happens when it all goes wrong? Your eye is kept moist and healthy by a small gland that can be found in the superior lateral aspect of your orbit. This gland is called the lacrimal gland and its job is to produce tears. But what are tears? Well, tears are mostly salty water with some mucus and oil mixed in for good measure. And this mixture is actually antibacterial, which alludes to its protective function. Tears also lubricate and hydrate the cornea or anterior eye and in doing so protect it from abrasions or injury. Now this protection is provided in part by a continuous basal rate of tears being produced but tear production can also be a reflexive action. And this reflexive process can be particularly noted if you've ever experienced a foreign body in the eye such as dust or even an eyelash. This subsequently triggers a process called lacrimation or increased tear production to flush away said assailant. It is worth mentioning you also have much, much smaller so-called accessory lacrimal glands that can be found underneath your eyelids, which also contribute to tear production. So it probably makes sense that we have tears to protect the eye, but you may ask yourself then, why do we shed visible tears and cry when emotionally happy or sad? Well, there are lots of theories on this, and interestingly, it seems to be a phenomenon unique in humans. One of the prevailing ideas on emotional crying suggests that crying may have evolved as a social trigger to signal to others you require comfort, sympathy, or at the very least, some sort of attention. Some research suggests biochemically when we cry in response to a physical or emotional pain or stressor, your body possibly releases endorphins and oxytocin. To put it simply, these are feel-good hormones and have an analgesic or painkiller effect, which would suggest a good cry is possibly the body's method to self-soothe. One thing is for sure, it's much more complex than the simple compression of the lacrimal gland by the surrounding ocular muscles when you grimace. Although you've probably experienced this phenomenon as well when yawning, after which your eyes probably water. At present, the specifics of why and how we emotionally shed tears is not fully understood. And the take-home message, it's a complex behaviour, and as such probably has multiple components to it. There are some fascinating chapters in books and much ongoing research to get your teeth into if you want to learn more. Let's move on to talk about innovation of the eye. Innovation is controlled by the autonomic nervous system and lacrimation is initiated by the parasympathetic nervous system that has a rather convoluted course, however, is ultimately via a branch of the facial nerve or cranial nerve 7 called the greater petrosal nerve. As for the sympathetic nervous system, this does the opposite and appears to have a switching off effect on the lacrimal gland, but some studies suggest the reverse may be true in tearful crying. I won't get into that here. Sensation of the eye or cornea is provided via the first branch of the trigeminal nerve or V1. And some of you may have tested this using the corneal reflex by taking a small wisp of cotton wool and gently stroking the cornea. The reflex part of this action is a rapid blinking of both eyes and subsequent tear production. This corneal reflex tests the integrity of both the trigeminal and facial nerves, but can also be used to test the brainstem. 
Okay, let's talk about drainage then. Tears create a film over the cornea and the mechanical windscreen wipers that are your eyelids distribute tears over the globe and towards the nose. At the medial edge of the eye, which we term the medial canthus, we encounter the lacrimal lake. And this is a very small cistern-like space that tears may accumulate at. From here then, two options for the tears. Run down the face in true Hollywood movie actor style, which we classically see in crying, or in normal lacrimation, the tears pass down two tubes collectively called the lacrimal canuliculi. Now the small punctum of these canuliculi or tubes can be found at the medial edge of each eyelid. Go check these out in the mirror. I'll wait here whilst you do. You back? Good. Okay, these cannuliculi drain tears into the lacrimal sac and into the drainage pipe we term the nasolacrimal apparatus, which passes under the inferior turbinate into the nasal cavity. In normal lacrimation, you do not notice this process, but when you have a good cry or your eyes are watering for some reason, you experience a runny nose or rhinorrhea as it's affectionately called. Big finish on the clinical front. Raise your hand if you have allergies or hay fever. Okay, put your hand down. It looks a little bit obscene if you're listening in the library or a bus. Itchy, watery eyes in these conditions are something you'll likely experience, which is your lacrimal glands attempting to flush out the allergens irritating the surface of your eye. A less common but interesting condition, nonetheless, is a blockage in the nasolacrimal apparatus, which usually presents with excess tearing. In fancy science talk, we sometimes call this epiphora. What a beautiful word. These blockages can be caused by a myriad of conditions, one of which is secondary to recurrent infections in the area, which subsequently may cause scarring. Infection of this drainage system is termed dacryocystitis, and this usually presents with a localised erythema and swelling around the medial canthus of the eye, and of course, lots of epiphora. And that is the lacrimal glands and nasolacrimal apparatus in a nutshell of five minutes and a bit. A beautiful bit of anatomy with some work to be done to fully understand its true wonder and complexity. Thanks a lot for listening this week. Speak to you next time on Dissectable Me. Dissectable Me.